0: Friday, we are back with another episode, and we just want to say to start off, uh, a big Merry Christmas to everyone. Merry Christmas, guys. We hope you're having a great Christmas and a happy holidays. Yes, sir. Uh, This podcast, or this episode, I'm sorry, is uh, Black Christmas, and I I noticed on the trailer it said, what, like Silent Night? Silent Night, Deadly Night, and I don't know. And that's a whole other horror movie. Yeah, so I don't know. But... Anyway, this is uh, the 1974 version of Black Christmas, Mm -hmm. and this is the first time that me and Randy has ever seen this film. I have seen the one from
1: 2009 with Michelle Trechenberg. I've never seen this one, so I was kind of excited.
0: Now, I'm not so excited, (laughs) but we, I mean, mean, is what it is. Well, you know, me and Randy was talking before we started recording the podcast, and it kind of seems like the last one we did was kind of a downer.
1: Yeah, and, and, and go ahead and say y'all down my movie. Y'all down a Killer Clowns That space. wasn't the last one we
0: did. I know, but y'all down that one too. So that's why it seems like so many in a row. <laughs> but we, uh, we, you know, we watched Jack Frost, mm. which was a disappointment, and then we watched Jason Goes to Hell before that, and now here we are with Black Christmas. And I want to say that I was so excited about watching this film because it was something I've always wanted to see. And maybe it was scary in the 70s, but it actually, this was one of the first movies that we have watched since we started doing this podcast that I lost attention to. Like, it lost my attention. I think for me, what it was, was <clears throat> I had seen the one from 2009,
1: and I have that one in my memory, so I guess this one I was trying to compare it to, and that, and that's something that we always have to remember, is when we're reviewing older movies like that, we have to take into consideration when they were made. This was made in 1974. So this was, what, five years before Halloween. Right. So, I mean... Same year
0: that Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out, though. This one did.
1: Right. But that's something that we got to take into consideration. But even when you compare that with the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, this was,
0: like, completely off par with that. Right. You know what I mean? So, uh, before we dive in, as we always do before our podcast now... We just want to thank every single person who is supporting our podcast. Uh, tell your friends to subscribe to us. Uh, you can find us in many different places. Like I said, you know, you know the list. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Anchor, of course, the main one. Uh, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Breaker. Anything you can find us. I mean, Overcast. Anything you can find where you download podcasts, we are pretty much at. Yeah, you can also get us on Facebook, Twitter. And
1: Instagram. All you got to do is search for Small Town Horror Podcast and you would be able to pull us up. Leave us a review. Tell us what you
0: thought. We'd love to hear from you guys. And we may actually be having some merchandise rocking and rolling for mm-hmm. too long. Merch. Yes, on Instagram I posted a picture of a an awesome Christmas present I got and it's the first official uh, Small Town Horror Podcast. Uh, what was it? A long sleeve shirt? Long-sleeved yeah. Shirt. It I look- am, I'm actually kind of jealous. I didn't, I didn't get one. <laughs> but, you know, that's what it is. What it is. It's okay. But yeah, give us a follow on Facebook and uh, Instagram. Like I said, uh, we get enough followers like we keep you know saying that we will do it. We want suggestions, we want to hear, you know, what you guys and gals want us to review. So with that being said, uh, Randy, you ready to dive into this episode? Oh I guess. Okay, so this is uh, Black Christmas that came out in nineteen seventy four, and it was directed by Bob Clark. And starring in this film was Olivia Hussey as Jess, Mm -hmm. Uh, Margaret Kidder as Barb, which she also was Lois Lane in the original Supermans. And then uh, Jess was also the uh, wife for Bill
1: in It, the original It.
0: And she was also in the original Amityville Horror. Really? Yes. Uh, John Saxon. I love this actor. He's Lieutenant Fuller. Uh, he played in Bruce Lee's uh, final film, Enter the Dragon. He played in Nightmare on Elm Street 1 and 3. I mean, the guy's just a well known actor. Um, then we also have Andrea Martin. She plays Phyllis. We have Marion Waldman as uh, they called her Miss Mac. Mm-hmm. She's kind of the house mother. And then James Edmund as Mr. Harris- Harrison. Mm-hmm.
1: Which was a creepy-looking (laughs) fella.
0: So so the opening scene we get here, uh, it reminded me, and like I said, now this come out about, what, four Four, years before Halloween? Four or five years, yeah. But it felt like the Halloween vibe where we saw little Michael Myers watching his sister and watching the house. Mm -hmm. Well, this one we see the killer watching the sorority house. And we're slowly getting introduced to... The characters, the gals that live there. And the thing that caught me off guard is he's not wearing a mask,
1: mm-hmm. but it sounds like he is.
0: Yes, it's like he's got bad sinus issues throughout the whole movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'll do the sound effect today.
0: Okay, good. There you go. So he's watching, you know, the gals move around and, you know, he's going around the house. Well, all of a sudden, I guess, did he, he got up in the attic, but. He crawled up the lattice yeah. on the
1: side of the house. And which, which, it was just weird. The way he went about doing it, it was it was like, it was creepy. It wasn't really scary. Right. But, yeah, he climbed up the lattice that was on the side of the house and got into the attic. And he never really left the attic until his first victim.
0: And um, so we go into the house. Once he's in the attic, okay, now we know, okay, he's in the house. Mm-hmm. And at first, I was like, okay, this is a boyfriend Crawling up there, he was gonna scare her. one of the sorority sisters. You know, I thought, okay, his girlfriend's in the house or something. Well, then all of a sudden the phone rings, mm-hmm. and they pick up, and oh, I can't remember which one picked it up, but she picks it up. uh, Claire, I think that's her name. Yeah. She picks it up, and she's like, "Hey, everyone, the moaner's back." The mo- no, I think it was Jess. I think Jess picked up the phone and said the moaner was back. Oh, and was then it? Barb took the phone from Jess. Okay, well, I remember Barb coming taking the phone. Yeah. yeah. And. He is saying some pretty vulgar... Man, it caught me off guard completely. Yes, so if if y'all ever plan on watching this with your kids, uh, be warned. Yeah. This part right here is not for little kids ears. <laughs>
1: and that's what doesn't make any sense because the entire movie wasn't like that. Yeah, there were a couple of F-bombs, you know. Yeah. But that first part, man, it was... I want to stick my tongue in your little pink... Yeah. And I was yeah. like, dang. But the rest of the movie wasn't like that. That was so. That's what was so weird about it.
0: Yeah, I guess you know they did that to kind of shock and awe. Yeah, and to make you go, man, this dude's sick. Yeah, know? yeah. But uh, so now we know. We know when she says the moaner's back, we know. Okay, this is happening uh, randomly. You know, or they know it's it's done it before. This is the first time. And that's one of the things that I didn't like about it is, and I,
1: I felt like this through the entire movie is like there was absolutely. No backstory whatsoever. There was no buildup. You didn't get any any hint of what was to come because it showed what happened before, right? Like with the the whole it's the moaner again. I was like, okay, who's the moaner? What <laughs> yeah. are you What are you talking about? You know, yeah. all we've gotten is a shot of you guys in having a little party in the sorority house, and now you're telling me that you've had an encounter with a moaner before. So, right.
0: What's the deal with the moaner? So we can see that the women are. Especially uh, Barb, she's getting a little tipsy. And it's funny because it's it's like, I don't know. Have you ever seen the original Amityville Horror? No. Okay, well, it's like in that, she's always like wearing skimpy outfits. And then Mm -hmm. she just, when she's wearing skimpy outfits, and I'm like, they just, you know, they they casted her because they're Mm -hmm. like, hey. I mean, she ain't bad looking at all, don't get me wrong. But uh, she's not the innocent Lois Lane, you know what I'm saying? right, right. (laughs) But um, she gets on there. She starts talking smack to the Mm -hmm. moaner. And Claire is like... And Claire is... I I don't know if she's the youngest of the group, but you can tell she was the innocent one. Right, yeah. She's more the pure one. Yeah, she... Well, Barbie even mentioned that she could smell virgin all over her. Yeah. So it was kind of like they hinted that she was the innocent type. And you can just tell that Barb's that type that is a partier and she's going to run down Mm -hmm. people that don't live her lifestyle almost.
1: Well, it was... There was a, a... a part in it where she said something about she gets plenty of these phone calls in the city. And then they made a reference to the townies. So it's, you can kind of get the sense of she's from a bigger city and this is a small town. Right. Even though it's a sorority and you know, they got a college and clearly, but they made it seem like wherever they were, it was a small town and she's from
0: a much bigger city that this kind of thing is happens all the time. Right. So I can't, after she says the uh, comment about the virgin thing, Mm -hmm. It, you know you can tell it embarrasses Claire, uh-huh. and uh, Claire as she you know she's like I gotta go pack, and the main um, character of the actual film is Jess, and Jess is like Claire you know she's trying to calm her down, but it upset her the comment that Barb said, which we find out she's packing because she's gonna go meet her father in the morning, uh-huh. and. So she goes off, and the first thing, as soon as she walks off by herself, I think you actually said, well, there's the first victim. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as she walked away, I was like, I guarantee you, she, she's the first one to die. So she she goes up to her bedroom, you know, and they, and Jess kind of looks at Barb, kind of in disgust, like, why would you say that, you know? So Claire goes into her bedroom upstairs, and she's getting her stuff packed. And I can't remember if she heard the cat, and she thinks it's the cat. I don't know what... I don't know if she really heard anything. Well, she, something caught her off guard in the closet. She walked in the closet,
1: grabbed a bunch of clothes out of the closet, and walked out. And right. And you see this, like, a silhouette of a face. Right. Like, behind this plastic bag. And uh, I don't know if she heard something. I, I can't remember if, if something was said or something like that. But it almost looked like she'd seen something. Because she kept saying, who's in there? Who's in there? You know? Right. Is that, is
0: that you? Is that somebody? I don't remember the name she said. But she starts walking over to the closet. And like you said, if if I have even just a slight feeling somebody's in my closet. I'm not walking in that closet. No, you're going to go out the door. You're going to go out there. Hey, you know, call your sisters up there and right. get you back, you know. Yeah. But we get introduced to Mrs. Mac. Think that would, yeah, Miss Mac. I think she was my favorite character. See, to me, she was my least. Really? I never understood one word she said unless she was, like, <laughs> cussing her. Claude. Claude, ain't that Claude? Claude. Uh, It was just, but she was pretty much the house mother that was a drunk. Clearly. And like the sorority girls took care of her. Yep. And she was hiding uh, bottles in books in the toilet, the back of the toilet. In the tank of the toilet. was, Yeah, that was weird. And then I think she was looking in the closet at one point in the film, and it was like in a shoebox, but it was empty or something like that. Well, she was even in the medicine cabinet.
1: She slid the medicine cabinet, and then she slid the other side, and then she like disappointed. And then she remembered she had one in the
0: tank of the toilet. <laughs> yeah, which was a good setup scene because you thought, okay, when she slides that mirror back, somebody's gonna be behind her. Man, anytime I watch any kind of scary movie,
1: the first thing that pops in my head when somebody goes in the bathroom and they open the medicine cabinet, as soon as they get ready to shut it, you know in your head that somebody's gonna be right behind them when they shut it, and you see the reflection. Right, like it's it's almost instantaneous. And now it, like, never happens.
0: Like, right. it's always,
1: like, we know you're going to expect it, so we're just not going to do it.
0: Right. So, it's almost like a, a cheap scare. Yeah, it really is. So, we cut back to Claire, and she goes to the closet. And to me, this was my favorite death scene. It was the only death scene we seen. Yeah, but it was just... I don't know, it was like, if he was going to kick off the death scene, like the first one in the movie, this was the way to do it, because it actually showed, you know, the bag being wrapped around her face, but the attacker comes out, he wraps the bag around her face, and he's smothering her is what he's doing, and it don't go into full detail, but I mean, you tell what's happening, and now we know, okay, he got Claire.
1: Well, it kind of makes sense that hers was the one that they, the death that they put so much emphasis on, Mm -hmm. because the other ones, I mean, with the exception of Barb, the the first death scene with with claire was really kind of the focal point of the whole movie right because you know later on in the movie they do a search party and all this kind of stuff and there are shots of, of claire in the rocking chair with the plastic bag around her head and her face is and her mouth is just wide open right so her death really is the main focal point of the whole movie and they constantly
0: bring that up with showing her body in that rocking chair all the time right so it hey, go uh we know now that okay, he got Claire, and then it goes to now the next morning, and we're not gonna go scene by scene. I know we've said that before, but uh, Claire's father is come look for his daughter, mm-hmm. and he's like uh, he's talking to Mrs. Mac, isn't he?
1: Um, when he's in the little park place, there's a, a guy there after he gets hit in the face with a snowball. He's talking to her, <laughs> which was hilarious because that snowball came out of nowhere.
0: I wanted to hear the thing off of. Uh, Happy Gilmore, uh, Waterboy, <laughs> <laughs> but he looked like the Monopoly Man
1: almost. To me, he looked like Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka. No oh, lord, that's exactly what he looked to me.
0: So now we're introduced to, like we said, Claire's father, but his name is actually Mister Harrison. But, I, but I can't remember who he's talking to in the park. It's I, I think it's just some random college guy. I
1: don't oh, okay. th- I don't think it was anybody in particular.
0: But now we know. Okay, he's looking for Claire because Claire didn't meet him. Yep. So he goes to the actual sorority house Mm -hmm. and he meets Mrs. Mack and she is just like trying her hardest to, I don't think she's hitting on him, but like she's trying to make a good impression, but she's a freaking drunkard, bad.
1: Right. And there was like, there were pictures and stuff all over the walls. The, The best picture in the world was, I think it was like nine different pictures, this old woman in a chair. And She's just got this somber look on her face, and it's a solemn look and then at the very end of it, the last three pictures, the one picture she's a little closer, the next picture she's a little closer, and then the very last picture she's right up on the camera, she's flipping it off it was <laughs> I don't know if we stated it or not, but it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious and then she's trying to hide and cover up this picture on the back of a door with two people naked laying in this circle and I don't know it was it was like she was trying to keep him from thinking that it was. Yeah, because
0: you know. he was like, I didn't pay for my daughter to right. come to a sorority house to get drunk and do this. Yeah. and Run around with guys or something. Yeah. yeah. And she takes offense to that, which she don't do it to his face. Right. But then he walks off, or she says, I'll meet you. I think they're going to start going to the police station mm-hmm. or something. She goes upstairs, and is that when she's brushing her teeth?
1: Yeah, she was getting ready to leave, and she was bad-mouthing the whole time.
0: Yeah, and she's like, I didn't do it. You know, she's m- mocking him. and But it's funny because she's brushing her teeth. And then she, that's when she finds the the whiskey bottle in the toilet mm-hmm. and rinses her mouth out with it. That was hilarious. And that stupid cat. Claude. Claude. That's all you hear. Claude. And uh, she's on the seat of the step. I'm sorry, good Lord. She's on the steps. And now Mr. Harrison is down there. and She's looking for the stupid cat. I don't know for what reason. And she's like, I screw you, you little son of a bitch. You know, yeah, she's, yeah. And then right when she starts cussing, old Mr. Harrison comes up, and all you see is his head pop in the screen. And she just looks over at him, and she, she's like, oh, are you, are you ready? You know, to like, yeah. she's trying to be all proper now. Yeah, I, I, it was. it's kind of weird, because they play off each other very weird. Because Mr.
1: Harrison doesn't say a whole lot for the whole movie. No. He, he has his, his main line in the park, but then for the rest of the movie, he doesn't really say a whole lot. Which is kind of weird, because they
0: kind of let her do all the talking, which... Until her unfortunate demise. So now we see Jess and she gets a phone call and, and it's her boyfriend, Peter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can tell there's tension. Uh, you know, he's, ta- he's telling her I haven't slept in a few days. Mm-hmm. And I guess he's been rehearsing for this audition he's got. He's a piano, but he's a musician. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, well, I need to talk to you. And he goes, well, you know, can, can you go ahead and talk? She goes, no, I want to do it face to face. So clearly you see something's not right. But it's funny because Peter's like, okay, well, I'll just, you know, I, I'm not trying to get short with you. I'm sorry. And he's like, I'll see you tomorrow. And he goes, I love you. And she goes, I know you do. <laughs> and I was like,
1: dang. It's so rough, man. It's just like, clearly you don't love him. Oh, hey, she never said it back. That's true. She never did. But I, if but we, we find out later why. Because right. later on in the movie, yeah, you know, this whole scene, why she want to talk to him, she, she goes to him and fi- and she finally has a conversation with him face-to-face, tells her that she's pregnant, she mm-hmm. doesn't want to keep the baby, she's going to have an abortion, and he's trying to talk her out of it. And, and then later on, he's telling her that he wants to quit doing his music and then get married, and she doesn't want to marry him. So when she says that she doesn't want to marry him, that was like, that's why you didn't say I love you. Cause you right. Married. So it was kind of like, they don't really from the very beginning, they don't even seem like a couple.
0: No, no, no,
1: Like, not even from the... And that goes into the backstory thing again, because there's no backstory. You don't... Generally, if somebody's going to break up with somebody in a movie like this, they would at least show them together as a couple to begin with. And the only... The first interaction you get with these two is them on the phone, and he's getting short with her. Right. And then she's telling them, hey, I'm pregnant, I'm going to get rid of the baby. He says, no, don't do it. Calls her a B... And yeah, it was, it was. It's just weird. It's kind of like me and you were talking about. There's, they really give you no connection with any of the characters.
0: Yeah, I was gonna bring that up at the end. That's, that was one of my main flaws with the whole movie. Is there's not one character that I would sympathize with, not one, or even identify with. Right. Um. So after she's off the phone, I know it cuts to the police station. This is where Mr. Harrison and. Uh, Barb, and I think Phyllis, and uh, Mrs. Mac is all at the police station. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're trying to figure out where Claire is at. Well, then another woman is there, and she's talking about her 13-year-old daughter is missing. And, and that's you know, where I me
1: and you got confused.
0: Yeah, and she's like, you know, she's just a baby. And these police officers don't seem like they give a crap about nothing. And, they're, and the police officer makes a comment about Claire. He's like, well, she probably just ran off with a guy.
1: Yeah, one of her boyfriends.
0: Yeah. Yeah and her boyfriend didn't care too much for that when he finds out later in the film. Mm-hmm. But it was just like the police were just like, just eh. Nonchalant. Yeah, you know, it's it's not that big of a deal. We got two women missing, and it ain't no big thing. But, you know, and then after the police station, oh, uh, I don't know if he's the deputy or what, but he's like, well, I need the sorority number to the house. Yeah. And Barb is being a smart aleck to him the whole time. And she's sitting there smoking in the police station, and then she pulls out a little blask. she's drunk. She's she's lit. (laughs) Completely
1: lit. Slower her words, talking about two turtles that can have sex for three days
0: nonstop. And she can only get it for three minutes. Right. Yeah.
1: And she's just, like, completely drunk. So she goes to give him the phone number, and it spells out fellatio.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, that's an extension. And he didn't get it. You know, he didn't know what was going on with it. So... Okay, so we cut from that to where what you just pretty much said about Jess telling Peter that she was pregnant and all that big Mm -hmm. scene. So we're back at the house now, and we're seeing Mrs. Matt getting ready, and I don't know who's picking her up. There's a cab. So, no, she was not at the police station because she was back at the house waiting for the cab. So the cab pulls up. And, of course, she hears the meowing.
1: Claude.
0: Which we see Claude on top of Claire's body in the rocking yeah. chair. Yeah, it shows another shot of Claire
1: in that rocking chair, and then Claude is just climbing all over her.
0: And it, I swear if I was a drinker, this would be the perfect game for a movie, drinking game. Every time she said Claude. Because she said Claude I don't know how many times. But it just Claude, Claude, mm-hmm. you know. So she can hear him up in the attic. And she's talking to herself. She's like, oh, you know, and she keeps hearing the cab honking the horn, you know, and she's like, ah, he can wait. So she goes up to the ladder and the attic's door is closed. I thought Ooh. it was open. And it is. And that's what she says when she opens it. She goes, how did you even get up here? Right. And I don't think she ever seen him, but she gets up there. She's still yelling for Claude, but you see two hands, which is the killer. And he's holding a lifting hook.
1: Right. It looks like a, like a some kind of hook. It's got a pulley and everything on it. It's, it's Why just, they have it in
0: the attic? I know that's weird, but he's got it reared back for. Her and He's just waiting for the opportune moment. Mm-hmm. She's still young for Claude. She's got about her shoulders up, you know, sticking up in the attic, and she looks over and she finally spots Claire's body in the rocking chair, all wrapped up. Mm-hmm. her her facial expression killed me her eyes got as big as golf balls Mm -hmm. and she just slowly turns and the guy just lets the hook go and we don't see what happens you don't see what happens but apparently he hooked her good enough to where
1: it pulled her directly out of the the hole yeah the entrance way up into the attic because it shows him letting the hook go You hear her scream, and then all of a sudden, she's flying up. Like, her legs and stuff are still on the ladder, and then she's flying up out of nowhere. Right. So, I guess he hooked her with it and then pulled her up out of it. I don't know. It was weird.
0: Yeah. But that was the second kill scene of the film. Uh,
1: Quote, unquote, kill scene. Right. I
0: wonder if there's a director's cut or anything. I doubt it, with it being that old of a movie. Yeah, I seriously doubt it. But uh, anyway, so then we go to now the search party is still trying to find Claire. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're out looking at night, and some of the sorority girls are helping look. Yeah. And they find a body. And this is where me and him was like, wait a minute, what body did they find? Because Surely it wasn't Claire. Yeah, because Claire's up in the attic. And and I was telling him about the woman who kept talking about her 13-year-old daughter. Well, sure enough, Mr. Harrison goes down there to see that it's not Claire. They never show the body. Mm -hmm. But you can tell when the mother gets down there. I liked how when she started to react to scream, you know, They cut her voice out, and the phone rung. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool, you know. But, so now we're back at the house, and again, the telephone was ringing. Uh, Jess picks up, and it's another, it's not really a moaner anymore. It's the same person, but you can hear them saying, help me on it, and I know what you did. Mm -hmm. That's the only two things I, I was able to make out. And he kept talking about a baby. Did it talk about a
1: baby already? It, it, kept, it kept talking about a baby. Even before, like, and, and, and it it did it on a phone call twice after she had mentioned being pregnant to a, right. her boyfriend. After that, it kept talking about a baby. Like, hmm. it never did it before. But after that scene, it started saying something about a baby. And it, it was like, I know what you did. And, then, and it kept saying the name Billy and don't tell. And...
0: Where did Billy come from?
1: Nowhere. Out of nowhere. Okay. It, it kept saying, this is <laughs> Billy. It, they, I mean, I guess that was the killer's name. I don't know. But uh, that's all it said was, this is Billy. This is Billy. And then they would talk about a baby and then mumble, and then you would hear screaming, and, yeah, it
0: was weird. So she calls the police, and, of course, again, the deputy does not give a crap. He's like, ah, it's just a sorority prank, or it's mm-hmm. probably just some guys. With like, no help whatsoever. And that's what I'm saying. Even, they even made... The one person I will say that I guess you can kinda get behind was John Saxon's character. Yeah. A uh, uh, Lieutenant Fuller or whatever his name was. I think. But I mean almost in every film he does you can get behind, right. <laughs> you know. Uh but now we're back at the house and it's kind of what you said. Uh Peter shows up and him and Jess are arguing. And that's where he tells her that he wants to he's gonna quit and marry her. Mm. And, you know, yada, yada. She says, I don't love you. You know, breaks his heart. And he storms off. He pissed. I was waiting for him to be, like, on Friday where he was like, man, my grandmama's changed. <laughs> you know, and he just took off running. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, he's going to cry in the car. You know, <laughs> I was waiting for him to just run off. <laughs> but see,
1: that's the, that's the the craziest part about it is, like, at, after that, they showed a shot of him outside sitting down by a tree. Yeah. And it was like they're making it out to be him being the killer
0: they made it too too they, obvious they made it
1: wasn't they made it so obvious that you almost believe that it wasn't him because it was just too obvious right and i, I mean that's what i told you i was like i don't i don't think it's him because it's too obvious that it is him right um yeah it was <laughs>
0: yeah so he runs by the policeman while they're coming in you know the lieutenant and all of it and they're like okay we're gonna get this done because like i said a lieutenant Fuller, is out to get this guy. Mm -hmm. So he's like, we're going to tap the phone, but you have to keep them on the phone so we can trace the calls. So finally, after they get it all done and the police leave, like you said, then it shows Peter hiding, like, in the dark. Mm -hmm. Outside. Yeah, and it just shows his face, and he's, like, watching the house. And as soon as it showed that, I was like, okay. I'm like you, I was like. Maybe he's the killer, but I don't know. They're focusing on it way too much. Mm-hmm. So, but as soon as we see that, then it cuts to later on. Uh, I thought this is pretty creepy. It's showing from the killer's view, Claire's body all wrapped up, but now she's got a doll in her lap, and he's rocking her back and forth. And he's like just... Mumbling. Yeah, he's mumbling, but it sounds like he's almost... Uh, Mourning her being dead, you know. He's just like, hoo, hoo, well, like, and at one point it sounds like he's singing that little nursery rhyme. Yeah,
1: which is that. What I will say that was creepy. That was that was freaky.
0: So after that, uh the killer now he's actually out of the attic, and he's just kind of like going bedroom to the bedroom, and he entered Barb's bedroom, mm-hmm. and he stands over. Well, then Jess is downstairs, and she hears Barb start. Uh, it sounds like she's being strangled. Yeah. She runs upstairs and she's having an asthma attack. Mm-hmm. So she gets her... Uh, inhaler. Inhaler. You know, giving it to Barb. And Barb's like, I've had this terrible dream. I, th- I thought a stranger was in my room. And, you know... Uh, then she goes right back to sleep. Mm-hmm. So Jess leaves there. And you hear carolers outside singing. Which I thought was a really good setup. Because... Now, Jess is paying attention to the carolers, and while she's, you know, they're outside listening, the killer goes back into Barb's bedroom, and there's like a unicorn, it's like a glass unicorn, yeah. with a giant horn. And you knew what he was going to do before he ever picked it up because they focused on it too much, yeah. Uh, which ain't a bad flaw. I'm just saying, you know, you yeah, knew yeah. What, he. The killer picks it up, turns it around, and it just starts. I don't know how many times he did it, but he stabs her multiple times. And you know Barb's trying her hardest to fight him off, but
1: which and, I, and I'll say this: this scene, this kill, is the only scene that I seen where I thought, well, maybe Peter is the killer because the guy that was stabbing her mm-hmm. looked a lot like Peter, like yeah. hairstyle, yep, you know, tall, skinny, linky, You know, I, I thought for a second I was like, well, maybe Peter is psycho and he's killing people. Yeah, but. That's the only, that's the only time I thought, well, Peter may be the killer, but then clearly later on, he wasn't.
0: Well, we get another phone call now and the police are trying to trace the call, but the killer says a line that Peter says when he argued with Jess, he says, uh, it's just like having a wart removed, talking about aborting the baby. Mm -hmm. And when she says that, I think she says like, Oh my God, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it hangs up. And Lieutenant Fuller's like, We didn't, we wasn't able to trace the call. You didn't leave it long enough, or keep him on long enough. And he's like, When you said, Oh my God, to that, what he said, was there a reason? And she lied. She's like, No, no. She said, It just scared me. Yeah. So now, <laughs> and I think, I mean, it's like just literally a few seconds later, Peter calls her. Mm hmm. She gets the phone, they're tracing the phone, and he's crying. And I couldn't understand half the word he said, but he's crying about the baby. Yep. And she doesn't know that Lieutenant Fuller's listening. And after they hang up, he's like, do you want to you wanna tell me what that's all about? So now, finally, she breaks it down. She's like, well, I'm pregnant, and I'm wanting to have an abortion, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and he's like, what did... Uh, Peter, did y'all argue about this tonight? When did it happen? You know, he, he he's thinking, okay, obviously yeah. it's Peter holding the grip. Now he has a suspect. Right, right. So they get another phone call. And I couldn't understand a whole lot on this one, but now it's, it says the same thing you were saying. It says something about Billy. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and, but here's the thing, though. There's, sometimes there's women, it sounds like a woman's in there screaming. And she finally keeps him on long enough and I think it's killing uh, Phyllis. Is that the girl's yeah, they name? They kept calling her Phil. Phil, yeah, okay. Yeah, but yeah, Phyllis. Because uh, she said earlier she was going to go to bed. Yeah, and she walked into the
1: room. She opened the door where Barb was. Yep. And found Barb, and then old dude snatched her up.
0: So the way I'm thinking is this is him killing Phil on the phone. On the phone, yeah. And they finally trace it, and they're like, okay, the kid, the call is coming from upstairs. They're using Mrs. Max. That's the only way I could I could yeah. think.
1: Cause that, well, they said earlier in the movie that there was only two lines and Mrs. Max' line was on a completely different number.
0: And when they get back to Fuller, because, you know, he's uh, he was actually at the recital. the recital. He was actually in the building where Peter did his audition or whatever he mm-hmm. was doing. And he seen that the piano was smashed and, you know, he left the microphone stand in the mm-hmm. piano. So he runs back to the car and they're like, uh, Lieutenant Fuller, we've traced the call. It's coming from inside the house. He goes, okay, tell Jess just to hang the phone up and go outside. Don't tell her about the call being in the house. So the deputy did do what he said. And bet- what kills me is the deputy's like, don't ask questions. He's says like, I just want you to hang up the phone and go outside. And, of course, she starts asking, and then he's getting all pissed off. And then finally he's like, the call's coming from in your house. <laughs> it's right. coming from upstairs. Now, if that was me. Gone. You wouldn't have to tell me twice. Mm-mm. especially if Especially if I was stubborn enough and you told me, okay, it's coming from upstairs, I'd be like, screw this, I'm out. But yeah, boo you. I'm, I'm But she's I'm like, like, can I go get Barb and Phil? And he's like, no, get out of the house, you know. And it, she, she did what every, you know, typical,
1: you know, B-horror movie white girl does. She goes upstairs.
0: Right. With a uh, fireplace poker. With a fireplace. At least she took a weapon. Yeah. But she's sent there screaming. She's like, Phil, uh, Barb, answer me, please. Like, uh-huh. she's right there next to the front door. I'm like, just go out the front just, door. Just go outside. Yeah. There's uh, there's an officer outside, ain't there? Well, she thought there was. Oh, yeah. And they, he, he ended up being dead. They, they slid his throat a little like Yeah, and it was a very bad job. Okay, but I will say this part, if I was in theaters... This actually creeped me out. I will. I will give it points for this. She goes upstairs, and when she opens the door, she finds Barbara Fields, uh, Phil, laying on the bed, mm-hmm. bloody. And all of a sudden, you hear the killer whispering. And she looks over, and all you see is this the eye. eye through the door. I thought that was cool. That was freaky. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'll give him that. That was freaky. And you said, I couldn't understand what he
1: said. He, he kept saying, it's Billy, don't tell him what we did. Don't tell him what we, don't tell them what we did. This is Billy, don't tell him what we did.
0: Yeah, see, I, and I was just like, "No, makes no sense to me. Yeah. But yes, the eye shot, and I guess because that, I put myself in that shoes, like, what would I do if I just saw an eye staring at me right. like that? It kind of reminded me of The Shining. To what, like how, through the door? Oh, okay, got
1: gotcha, you, gotcha. I mean, just the eye through the door type thing, you know.
0: So, but and his scream is creepy as well, cause like he lunges at her. Well, he does like so many different voices. Like there's right. a little
1: kid's voice at one point. Sounds like a woman, and then he sounds like a little grown man. And it was yeah, but his voice and his screaming was was weird.
0: So he uh, she pins him against the wall. She slams the door on him takes off running she gets down to the basement and locks the basement door mm-hmm. i really thought there was going to be more of a finale chase scene but it gets in the basement she locks the door and she can hear commotion outside yep and she sees somebody walking and, she, and it does look creepy she sees somebody's walking their legs and all of a sudden he the we think it's the killer gets down and he starts looking through the mm-hmm. basement window and it looked like a zombie, the way he was moving yeah.
1: around. Yeah, and it, it, it was like, you could hear him mumbling. You couldn't really make out what, you know, they were saying, but you could hear him mumbling. It sounded like all he was saying was
0: Jess, but it was so muffled, you really couldn't tell. So, the person gets up and goes to another window, and she goes to the end of the hall, but like I so said, now he, she's still in the basement. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and now you can finally hear him. He, it's Peter. Yeah. And he's like, uh, Jess, are you down there? It's Peter, and, like, she, he's wiping away all the uh, frost, I guess. frost off the window, and you can tell it's Peter. Well, then he starts kicking in the window, and I'm like, well, that ain't, that's, that's not going to calm down the situation. Right, right. <laughs> he just exacerbated the situation. So she's scared, because now, she, I mean, she does, she truly thinks it's Peter, because mm-hmm. she's like Officer Fuller. She's like, okay, this is a suspect. It's got to be. He gets in, and he's looking for her, and he just keeps calling her name, well, finally, he spots her, and he's like, Jess, why didn't you answer for me? Like, he's all calm, cool, collective, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then he starts going toward her, and it just it cuts off to another scene. And now, finally, uh, I think it's Lieutenant Fuller and mm-hmm. the rest of the, whoever else the squad's there. They go in the house, and they go down to the basement. Now, do they bust the basement door open? Yeah, they, they hear a scream. Like They okay.
1: hear Jess scream. So they go to the basement door, and they bust it open. They go down there, and they see Jess laying up against the wall with her head cocked back. And then Peter's, like, laying on her lap with some of the worst fake blood I've ever seen (laughs) in my life. In any movie I have ever watched, like, I've watched home movies, and their blood was better than this. Right. Like, it was absolutely, no. No. It was terrible, but he his body's just laying on top of her. She's got the fire poker in her hand. So then uh, Fuller starts, you know, calling for her name, and she, you know, see her eyes pop up. So she's obviously awake.
0: Yeah, it was weird how she was just laying back
1: though. It was like she was dead too. Yeah, I thought she was at first. I was like, well, the killer done came in and killed both of them.
0: That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So she killed Peter. Yep. And clocked him upside the head. And then here's what's funny is it shows the next thing is she's in a bed, and I'm thinking, oh, she's at. Hospital. Hospital. Mm -hmm. And no, they just brought her up to her room. And they're like, I knew it had to be Peter. You know, Fuller's like, he had the story, you know, he he knew it. It was Peter, definitely. Okay, not only is there still blood on the other bed, Mm because the camera pans over, but this this house just was considered a murder. uh, Crime scene. Crime scene. There you go. And they leave her alone in her bed. Yeah, well, the weirdest part. And turn the lights out and everything. The weirdest part about why they left her alone is Mr. Harrison is there. Claire's
1: dad, and then out of nowhere, like it cuts off to it cuts off out of the view of the the bed where she's laying, and then it cuts back into the bedroom, and then Mr. Harrison is just laying lifeless in his chair. Yeah, like his head cocked back, like he just had a heart attack or something like that, and they freak out. They say something about him going into shock. But there was like no build up to that whatsoever. Just like he's he's okay sitting in the chair one minute,
0: they cut away, and they cut back and he's lifeless. Yeah, because I, I missed that because you said something about it and I said w-, I said what's wrong with him? You said I don't know. I, we all missed it because there was nothing to miss. I mean, it was just so, fine one minute gone the next. So they cut out all the lights in the house, and granted, yes, there's a police officer still downstairs, like outside mm-hmm. on the porch. But it just still blew blew my mind that they didn't take her to the hospital, get her checked out, nothing. Right. And the camera starts panning over. And I remember Randy being like, this better not be the way it ends. Mm-hmm. And so they leave her in the house. And as they start panning through all the rooms, then it starts heading up toward the stairs of the at- or the ladder going to go into the attic. And you can hear him, the killer, still alive in the attic, laughing and doing a little nursery rhyme. Mm-hmm. There was the nursery rhyme you were talking about earlier. Yep. And then the phone starts ringing. And now all we see is a wide shot of the house from the outside. You see the police officer there. you hear the phone ringing. And I'm like, okay, they're going to run back in the house. Nope. And there's the credits. So we never found out who the killer was. The only thing you seen from him was his hands. Yep. And his
1: eyeball. That was it. And his blue bell-bottom jeans. Yep. Yeah, it was...
0: No, so
1: I was so mad,
0: <clears throat> but I really wanted to like this movie. I really thought I would because yeah, did I you. have
1: I have seen a lot about Black Christmas, not just the movie that I remember seeing, right? But I remember and I know I've heard a lot about Black Christmas, so I thought, hey, it'll be you know be one of them really good movies. Taking into consideration that this was made Beautiful. four to five years before. Halloween and Halloween was
0: so well done. Yes,
1: that's no excuse.
0: That's why For I said to me, and it's just my opinion. I said it on, on our very first uh episode. That's why I consider Halloween just the greatest horror movie, slasher movie. You yeah. know, I'll, I'll give you that one. Music, actors, killer, suspense, thriller, mm-hmm. drama, story. Yeah, everything. Uh, so I mean, that's it as far as the film. I mean, uh, so now it's down to the the nitty-gritty. It's down to the rating, the five-star review. Uh, you want me to take this one first? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you go ahead. <sighs> I'm going to give this half a star. And the only reason I'm even giving it half a star is because I can't go no lower Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing the negative stuff, but... To me, and like I said, maybe if I was in, living in the 70s and this was something new, maybe. But, okay, Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out the same exact year. Right. Didn't even have any blood in the film except for one part. And that scared the piss out of me when I first seen it. And it was such a great success, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which is still one of, considered one of the uh, most scariest films of all time. Right. This one, to me, my main reason for giving it that was I could not relate to any of the characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, they even made Jess be a character that you didn't care for with her wanting to get the baby aborted. Mm -hmm. She didn't care what Peter's feelings was about it. I mean, just none of them. None of them was like, man, I can relate to her. I can relate to him. Not like that. Uh, no backstory whatsoever. Who's Billy? <laughs> you know, and no, no kill scenes on. Which I know they didn't do a whole lot back in the seventies and eighties, but I mean, I don't know. I just out of five stars, this one's only getting half a star.
1: Can I give it zero stars? Go
0: ahead, man. I'm I, I'm gonna give it a half star with you. Okay,
1: just for the eye. Okay. That 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 is the only reason. And it's based off of everything that you just said, there was no backstory. There was no build up whatsoever. It was just like they go from zero to sixty in like one cut of the screen. Right. It was absolutely nothing and none of the characters were relatable. Like I, I didn't feel like any of the character like I, I think if I felt like if there was one character that I even came close to relating to, it was how much they belittled Nash. The the cop oh, yeah. that took the phone number,
0: yeah
1: uh, he was the only one I was like, he gets a raw deal. You know, he's just getting made fun of all the time. Right. But there was no character I absolutely identified with. You you weren't able to build a rapport with any of the characters. The only character, that, you didn't even like her, but the only character that I halfway liked was Miss was Mac Yeah. And that's just because I thought she was funny getting drunk all the daggum time. Or trying to get drunk, anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... I, I don't want to give it the half a star, but the eye was really creepy. So, yeah. I would give it a half star just for the eye, but it did. It, it, it had that eye not been in there, this movie would get a zero.
0: <laughs> I guess that's what we can start doing, going at least to zero stars, but I don't want to do the negative stuff and nah, all that.
1: No, yeah, no negative. But. Because, you know, Jason Goes to Hell would have been a negative
0: 95 <laughs> and a half. So, this is our review on uh, Black Christmas and i hope you guys are not having a black christmas i hope you guys are having a merry christmas and enjoying the time with your family friends whoever you get around your loved ones uh hope y'all are still enjoying the podcast because we're still enjoying it and we cannot wait for the next episode coming in january it is one of my favorite horror films um is it one of yours too? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of the well, when I think of horror movies, this one comes to
1: my mind as one of the front runners.
0: And it is one of the most iconic films with one of my favorite actors. Yes, of all time, without question. And believe it or not, my brother has never seen this film,
1: which actually surprises the heck out of me.
0: And I told him, I was like, "You've got to be a guest on our podcast because I would love to hear a first time viewer of this film to give his thoughts." Because it's one of those films that you almost have to... We grew up watching. Mm-hmm. And like I said, with him never seeing it, he's older than me. You know, I'm 34. He's older than me and he's never seen it. I'm like, I want to hear it from his perspective. Right. So, yes, our next episode, the 1st of January, it will be none other than Stanley Kubrick's The Shining.
1: With Mr. Jack
0: himself. yes. Mrs. Shelley Duvall's in it. Yes, man, I, I just I love this film, and it's gonna be hard to nitpick this one. I'm like <laughs> you with the with the killer clowns, but you know I'm not just gonna watch it as a fan this time. I'm gonna watch it as okay, let's let's get down to right, it. Right, let's see how much we can pick at it. You know, but yeah. yes, the next episode will be The Shining. So with that being said, we hope you guys have. A wonderful uh christmas and uh happy new years we won't see you guys again until after 2020
1: is finally over right right i can't i can't tell you how excited i am to see that 21 on the end of my year <laughs> i've i am done with 2020 well everybody was
0: excited to see 2020 as well I, but, so yeah and yeah so i guess we have to hope that 21 is a little bit better to us right on so with that being said uh Super excited about next time's uh, episode with The Shining. And I guess we're going to be signing off. So, uh, like always, I'm Johnny Reyes. Randy Howard. And you guys stay safe, and we're signing off.
1: Stay spooky.